Night's frost crackle under my feet. The sky is an achingly clear blue. Shami's cabin sits away from the riverbank in a patch of weeds that passes for a garden. The unpeeled log walls have faded over the years until the whole thing looks grey and woolly, more like a living growth than a building. The door stands ajar. I call out, then knock on the wall. There is no reply. So I peer inside, and when my eyes have adjusted to the dimness, I see Jamais, true to form, asleep on his bed at this time in the morning. Mr. Jamais, I start off, sounding to my mind irritatingly bright. Mr. Jamais, I am sorry to disturb you, but I must ask. Laurent Jamais sleeps peacefully. Round his neck is the red neckerchief he wears for hunting, so that other hunters will not mistake him for a bear and shoot him. One foot protrudes off the side of the bed in a dirty sock. His red neckerchief is on the table. I have grasped the side of the door. Suddenly, from being normal, everything has changed completely. Flies hover around their late autumn feast. The red neckerchief is not round his neck. It cannot be because it is on the table. And that means, oh, I say and the sound shocks me in the silent cabin. The redness round his neck has leaked into the mattress. The neckerchief has not done its duty. It has failed to prevent his untimely death. There is one other thing I can't help but notice as his face is turned slightly away from me. He has been scalped. Half an hour later... I am knocking on the door of the biggest house in Caulfield. Mr. Knox has a poor, greyish complexion, and is tall and thin, with a hatchet profile that seems permanently poised to strike down the unworthy. Useful attributes for a magistrate. I suddenly feel as empty as if I had not eaten for a week. Mr. Knox, I'm afraid there has been a... a terrible accident. Scenting gossip... Mrs. Knox comes in, and I tell them both what is in the cabin by the river. Mrs. Knox clutches at the little gold cross at her throat. After many protestations of shocked sympathy, she rushes off to inform their two daughters. Knox dispatches a messenger to Fort Edgar to summon some company men, then returns to say he has summoned John Scott, who, in addition to owning the store and flour mill, has several warehouses and a great deal of land, to go with him to examine the cabin and secure it against... Intrusion until the company representatives arrive. We head upriver in Knox's trap. Since Jamais' cabin is close to our house, they cannot avoid my accompanying them, and I offer to come in with them. Knox wrinkles his brow with avuncular concern. You must be exhausted after your terrible shock. I insist that you go home and rest. We will be able to see whatever you saw, Scott adds. And more is the implication. I turn away from Scott and address the hatchet profile. I say I can tell them if anything has been disturbed, which they cannot deny. And anyway, short of manhandling me down the track and locking me in my house, there is little they can do. The autumn weather is being kind, but there is the faint tang of decay when Knox pulls open the door. I didn't notice it before. Knox steps forward and puts his fingers on Jamie's hand before pronouncing him quite cold. 
the two men speak in low voices. I understand. To speak louder would be rude. Scott takes out a notebook and writes down what Knox says as he observes the position of the body, the temperature of the stove, the arrangement of items in the room. It must have been an Indian outlaw, Knox says. Scott agrees. No white man could do something so barbaric. I picture his wife's face last winter, when it was black and blue and she claimed she had slipped, although everybody knew the truth. The men go upstairs to the other room. I can tell where they go by the creak of their feet pressing on floorboards. No one has been up there for days. The dust was quite undisturbed, says Knox when they are down again. Knox has brought a clean sheet from upstairs, and he shakes it out, sending dust motes whirling round the room. He places the sheet over the body. There, that should keep the flies off, he says with an air of self-congratulation.